Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What did we talk today? Talk about today in the podcast? Do this, not from a parallel universe. <laughs> um, Is there any story today that you would say that that you wouldn't say five to ten years ago? That come on, was there a single story in in today's show? I don't think so. Yeah, I can't think of one that seemed even mildly rational. Tonight, I'm doing a special on Blaze TV. I'm going to show you how it gets worse. We are now officially in the place that I said top down, bottom up, inside out. The top is now solidified in charge. They have their hands on all the levers. They just need the country to be be turned inside out and us fighting violently against each other. That way they can come down because the bottom has risen up. Uh, I'm going to show it to you tonight with the trans army. We talk about a lot of this on today's podcast. You don't want to miss a second of it. Uh, It's brought to you by American Giant. Every time I think about American Giant, I think about going into the clothing store in my little hometown of Mount Vernon where we used to buy Levi's. And uh, you still kind of buy Levi's like this if you buy them, you know, uh, in a regular store. You can go fancy pants stores and they don't sell them like this. But they used to just put them up on shelves. Uh, And then, you know, my mom would take me and I'd buy all of my clothes, you know, one time a year. Uh, If I was lucky, I could get a new pair of Levi's. Um, That's the way it used to be. It's not that way anymore. 95% 95% of the clothing Americans bought back in the 60s made here in America. Now 97% of it comes from some foreign place. I welcome American Giant as a sponsor to this program. It, to them, it's not just the products that they make. It's the American workers that make them. It's about good paying jobs that allow people to take pride in their hard work that they do. That You want to fix the country? That's how you do it. You begin restoring our dignity. I want you to go to American-Giant.com and look at their clothing. If you're in, in, you know, looking for any kind of clothing, get the best American-made clothing. All sourced. The cotton is sourced. The, the cotton farmers are from America. It's all cut, pieced, sewn together here in America. Changing the world one customer at a time. It's American-Giant.com slash Glenn. American-Giant.com slash Glenn. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. All right, I want to play something. This is a Bud Light distributor, uh, and he's talking about the sales of Budweiser. Listen to this, cut one. I work for an affiliate company. I am a merchandiser. 
and the sole product of the company I work for is Anheuser-Busch products. So with all this canceling going on, um, there's, I mean, I've never seen such little sales in this past few days uh, on these products. And it's, it's sad because when people don't buy this beer, I don't make money and I can't feed my family. So it's kind of uh, heartbreaking, I guess, that um, Anheuser-Busch did what they did. And they don't know their clientele. So it's uh, kind of heartbreaking. Thanks, Anheuser-Busch. I may not be able to feed my family coming up here soon. Okay. This is something that I think you really need to be aware of. These, like, for instance, Coke, and I learned this from a former executive at Coke. These, these soda and beer companies, beverage companies, they don't really care about you because they're not connected to you. It is the local bottling companies and distributors that make all of the difference. You start making their distributors uncomfortable. You start, these are people that live in the community. Like that guy. What was he saying? He's, he's working for Budweiser. I mean, he's distributing it. He's putting it all on the shelves. He's the guy that has to get it to the local stores. And he's dying. So that's going to go back up the chain. Believe me, when Coca-Cola distributors or Pepsi distributors or the distributors of Anheuser-Busch, when they get pressure in their local community, when you as a business call them and say, you know what, I don't think I want your stuff anymore. You tell Anheuser-Busch, this is crazy. I don't want it. You tell Coca-Cola, I don't want their garbage anymore. They don't know who the customer is. I'm out here in the country. I know who the, the, the customers are. And they're not white racists, Coca-Cola and Bud Light. They're not for transgender issues being pushed into everybody's faces. And certainly they're not for transgender issues being pushed onto our children in schools. So no thank you, Anheuser-Busch. You begin to say that to the local distributors. And they're easy to find. If you begin to say that and you reach out as a friend of the local, because he's probably on your side. They're probably cut from the same cloth because they live in your community, depending on what community you live in. They live in your community, so they probably reflect a lot of your values. So you can call them up and go, dude, what are you doing? I don't I mean, I can't support you anymore. I want to. I know that your family doesn't eat, but I can't do it because my customers don't want it. And I have to draw the line in the sand. So you need to tell Anheuser-Busch in no uncertain terms, enough is enough. If we connected smartly, we would be able to conquer these guys. Because right now, they don't care. You know, here's another thing. When you 
when you look at the at activists on the uh, left, they're in these people's offices. They're in their faces. They're holding meetings with people. So, and, and I don't know if you saw the letter that they put uh, to the insurance companies, but they are putting the screws to the insurance companies right now. And they're saying, we will report you to the government. We'll report you to all of the activist groups. We will make sure that your name is mud if you don't stop insuring oil drilling. And you have until this date this summer to let us know where you stand. It's, it is a terroristic threat. It's the closest thing to a terroristic threat I, I've, I've ever seen in business in America. It is ruthless. Well, they have those people in their office. Who's on our side in their office? Who's meeting with these people at the national level? They're only seeing one side. We have to be smarter in what we're doing. And the place to begin is the local distribution and bottling companies that are schlepping this stuff because as long as the bottle local bottling companies are fine they're not going to say anything but you start messing with that you start you start turning the corner with the people who are actually on the street delivering the beer and the soda that gets the attention of the big boys and i think you can win with bud with budweiser you just have to play it smarter Look, we are going to talk about this and the transgender nonsense tonight on my Wednesday night special on Blaze TV. We have to take a look at the next step of the fundamental transformation of America. ESG was designed as a leverage point to force private businesses into compliance and partnership with the government. Red states are pushing back on the E, but not so much on the S and the G. The E for energy, but just like Republicans always do, when it comes to you, they drop the ball. And that's the S and the G, social and governance. They are just as important. A top-down wave of violence has been hitting the streets lately to enforce E, S, and G. Have you noticed that? Remember, we told you when it would come, it would be top-down, bottom-up, inside-out. What does that mean? This is an old strategy from communists back during the Soviet Union. The way to flip countries is to go in, infiltrate everything. Would you agree that this has infiltrated everything? Business, education, media, Government, everything, everything. So they would infiltrate and they would make sure that they had people in government in high places positioned for the next phase. So what they would do is they would, after they have everybody in position, they send these. Well, in this case, they're sending the people who are very upset about trans rights. And the top whips them up into a frenzy. 
Like, for instance, Nancy Pelosi, what, yesterday or the day before, giving a speech in San Francisco and saying trans people and trans children are under threat. They're coming for you. Well, I don't know anybody who is like, we got to get the trans people. I don't know anybody who's saying that. I do know people who say they want this to end with their children and they would like this to end with this, this lie that this is a normal and, and this much of the population. Listen to this from a TikTok uh, user. There's no labels or restrictions on this guy. Listen to this. Y'all really want to try to say there aren't trans kids? Let me tell you what there aren't. There aren't cis kids. Okay, you telling your child, oh, you're a boy, you're a girl. This is a child. This is a free spirit that has not learned any of that bullshit. And so you force it on them. So cisness is the wound. Cisness is the delusion. Cisness is the lie. Cisness is the place of pain. Transness is the healing. Transness is the growth. Transness is the truth. Transness is what we actually are. We are fluid. We are 70% water. We are God. God is change. God is trans. We are trans. You are forcing your kids to be boys and girls. We're saying, be whatever you are, baby. Be free. Be water. Be light. Be sky. Be God. Because guess what? That's what we actually are. What we actually are is trans, is change, is love. We're not the ones doing the forcing. And see God chiming just on time. Good. That guy is not mostly made of water. He's mostly made of bolt. Holy cow. Okay. So this is the lie. We have gone from a society that says, hey, be cool with Caitlyn Jenner. And I don't know anybody who wasn't. Once they started to say, you have to say he's beautiful as a woman. I think that's where people are like, okay, well, I, no, I'm, I'm not going to be mean to Caitlyn Jenner, but I'm also not going to lie. It's a, it's a bad-looking woman, okay? <laughs> Maybe a good-looking dude, but not a good-looking woman. That's where it started. And we had actual compassion. And then we were introduced to words like cis, cisgender, remember? It wasn't long ago before we were all saying uh, what what does cis mean? What how what is that? Just another weight made up word. They are erasing truth, and look how far it is. Now we're all fluid. Now we're all water. We are God. How terrifying! This should chill you to the bone as Americans. That we are God, and we are fluid. And it's your cisness that is the wound. You inflict that on children. Where are the medical studies? Where are any medical studies that back any of this up? There aren't any. Anything that they're using is so flawed, Sweden and France are running from it, saying this is extraordinarily dangerous. What are we doing? The reason why all of this is happening, the violence, Riley Gaines is going to be on the program tonight. Wait, wait till you hear our conversation. What happened to her was not about her. 
It was about you. It's an invisible hand manipulating American businesses. And I say invisible because it's gone mainly unnoticed. I mean, until Bud Light decided to make a dude dressed up as a woman as one of their brand ambassadors. But this is what ESG does. This is a top down. The guys who are now in control are signaling to their street thugs, the brown shirts, go ahead, do what you want. Stir it up. We got your back. We're not going to prosecute. You go ahead until it gets so bad that you will cry out. How, how do we replace all of the cops in our country that have retired or gone away? No recruits. How are you going to do that? Well, you're not going to have anything locally because the locals won't be able to handle it. Everything breaks down. Locals won't be able to handle it. Don't worry. The federal government can assist. This is a communist storyline that happens the same way every time. You just have to get past your fear because that's what they want you to feel is fear. If you don't have any fear because you're fighting for your kids and your grandkids and you're like, I'm not having my kids grow up in a world like this where they are slaves where they are punished if they think for themselves, if they disagree, don't talk to me about book burning. You guys are the ones rewriting the books well after people are dead. You're just not book burning. You're just changing the meaning of them. You're on the right side. Have no fear. Don't miss tonight, our Wednesday night special at 9 p.m. only on Blaze TV at 9.30 Eastern on YouTube channel. My YouTube channel, it's youtube.com slash Glenn Beck. Uh, it is Exposed, the secret behind the trans activist army. You don't want to miss it tonight at 9 on Blaze TV. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening. I saw a story um, about Grace uh, Shara. It is a, um, a story about a family and a daughter, a teenage daughter, 19 years old, in Wisconsin. I want her dad to tell you her story. Scott, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Glenn. Uh, first of all, tell me about your daughter. Well, that's the that's the most fun part for me. She was she was a special gift from God. She was 19 when he took her home. She had Down syndrome. She was extremely high functioning. You know, God made her that way for one. We we never vaccinated her for two. And my wife is extremely gifted in homeschooling, and and mm. she homeschooled Grace and. So Grace did everything. I mean, she hunted with me. She drove a car. She played violin, um, rode a horse. Uh, just, I mean, there was nothing she didn't do. The sky was truly the limit with Grace, and and uh, you know, we we miss her. We miss her terribly. She was she was our life. Scott, when did she get sick? Well, we. We tested her with a home COVID test on October 1st of 2021, 
And we just thought she had a cold and that test tested positive. The purpose of us testing her at that point was because we were going to go to a wedding. And if she had COVID, we didn't want to spread it at the wedding. But you know what, what happened next was we were uh, following the FLCCC protocol. So she was on ivermectin and vitamins and we really didn't think anything of it, but we were also monitoring her oxygen saturation level with a pulse ox and the oxygen saturation went down to 88% on October 6th Mm. and the protocol uh, suggested taking her to the emergency room and admitting her to the hospital if oxygen dropped below 94%. So we did that. Sure. And so that's ultimately what, what the sequence of events after that led to Grace's death. But if we would have never taken her to the hospital, um, Grace will be alive today. So when you got to the hospital, what drugs did they give her? They did a low-dose steroid for for one that was part of the, the COVID protocol at the time, and then oxygen. But then what happened is the drugs that killed her, they put her on a sedation med called Presidex, and that sedation med has a package insert that says to not use for more than 24 hours because if you do, it causes acute respiratory failure. Well, when Grace's last day on earth started on October 13th of 2021, she was already on the sedation med unknown to us for four full days. And if you looked at Grace's death certificate, you'll see that's the first cause of death, acute respiratory failure with hypoxemia, which is a direct cause for using the sedation drug for more than 24 hours. Why would they, they why would they use if you go in for covid, why would they use a, uh, a drug like Presidex that that gives you uh, problems with with breathing and hypoxia? That's a fantastic question. You know, I can't know their answer to it, but through my research, I have found that there's three reasons that they do it. Number one is their their goal is to get the family or the patient to approve a ventilator because that's where the big financial gain with COVID was. So uh, you have to have a patient sedated in order to put them on a ventilator. So once the patient or their family approves it, they want to do that right away. Uh, So that's the first reason. The second reason is the classification of the room changes. So in Grace's case, she never changed rooms, nor did the care change, but the amount of money the hospital received changed because the room was classified then as ICU. And then Mm -hmm. third, which maybe is the most significant reason is if you, you know, when I was taken out by an armed guard on October 10th, if I would have just said, I've had enough, I'm taking Grace with me, they would have raised the, the, it's called AMA, Against Medical Advice Objection, and to try to put up a screen to to refuse me taking Grace with me. So those are the three reasons that I know, but I mean, I can't know their reason. I mean, the the records, um, yeah, it, it's, when you review the records, Glenn, it, it shows a picture where they, they justify every single thing they do. Uh, 
you know, you asked me what other drugs. I mean, they so they combined Presidex with lorazepam and morphine. Oh my gosh! That's what really, yeah, that's what really makes this egregious. So Presidex wasn't enough. They took lorazepam and morphine, which those three meds are contraindicated, and they injected those in Grace's body in a window of 29 minutes. And that truly is the second cause of Grace's death, even though they listed on the death certificate COVID-19 pneumonia. What was happening that they had to put those all in her body at the same time in the 30-minute period? Well, that's another fantastic question. You know, the morning started with the doctor calling my wife, Cindy, and I at home saying, Grace had such a good day yesterday. Let's work on nutrition and let's get her out of bed um, so that she can get out of here in the next several days. Let's uh, have her watching TV. You know, everything was was fine. But, you know, interestingly, is while we were on the call with him, they literally took the Presidex up to the maximum allowable dose. And simultaneous with hanging up the phone, he put an illegal do not resuscitate order on Grace. So, you know, I draw my own conclusions from that if you want to hear them, but, you know, it doesn't make any sense at all. My daughter Jessica was with Grace at the time. She said how great of a day Grace had the day before, and Grace's oxygen was at 98 and 99% the entire night in spite of being sedated the night before she died. So none of this makes any sense whatsoever. How could he have put a DNR on your daughter? Only you can do that. Well, that's, of course, one of the reasons we're filing a lawsuit. You're 100% right. But, you know, you cannot, um, I mean, you know, these, these liberals operate outside of, the, outside of the law. And then you're left to sue them to get justice. And it, it's ridiculous. Why, why can't they play by the same rules that you and I are subject to? Have you had any nurses or anybody come out quietly to support you? Uh, interestingly, um, yes, but also no at the same time. I'll give you an example. About two months ago, a nurse who lives next door to a reporter who reported this story early on uh, said she had originally told the reporter this man's lying and lying about the DNR order. Well, then her own dad got a DNR order put on him. And she's not only was the nurse in the hospital, but she's the power of attorney. So then she called the reporter back and said, he's not lying. This is what happened with my, with my dad. I talked personally with that nurse and asked her if she would come on and talk about this with me because people are dying. And she said, I'm 66 years old. I'm a year away from retirement. I don't oh want to gosh. jeopardize that. I mean, so this is what's happening. People are, they don't want to speak out. I, uh, I have a daughter of special needs. And um, she has changed my life. She is the best of our family. Um, people that are born um, differently abled is, is God's miracle. Um, and she, I've learned so much from her. And my, my eldest daughter, my second eldest daughter, when we took the kids to uh, Auschwitz to walk through, she couldn't stand, uh, stand it past the room where they had taken all the artificial legs and everything else. 
But my daughter with cerebral palsy stood there, and she looked at me, and she said, Dad, they would have killed me. And I said, yes, honey, they would have. We are experiencing now euthanasia in Canada like you've never seen. They are starting to allow children to ask for medicine to die and without uh, any kind of permission from the parents. I don't know this doctor. I don't know anything about it. But I will tell you something isn't right here. And if we don't all stand up for life, and especially those lives that too many arrogant, haughty, uh, know-it-all doctors and nurses who just look at quality of life and think, I wouldn't want to live that way. They have no quality of life. They have no idea. And those people cannot be the ones in our hospitals. And we are starting to churn them out at our universities. We are starting to um, just become a culture of death. And I don't know, honestly. Scott, I don't know how your story uh, has taken so long to get to my attention uh, or anybody else's attention. How can we help your family? There's a number of ways, and I, I just want to comment because you said a mouthful there, and people do not realize it. You know, you made the reference to World War II. It wasn't until after World War II that the medical staff, the health workers that were tasked with it, carrying out that agenda were tried. And, you know, we're in the middle of World War III right now, and the healthcare workers are doing the same. And, you know, that's why we're filing this lawsuit is to be one of the people who are standing up to stop this. This behavior is has got to be stopped. And you, you're 100% right with the medical schools are churning out the staff to believe in this. And we, we found a document from the Palliative Care Association of Wisconsin that is training medical people. And it says that whenever possible, decision makers for people with Down syndrome should be encouraged to use substituted judgment to make key palliative care decisions. So they want, you know, they set this up by saying there's a lifelong toll on families by having a Down syndrome child. There is a lifelong blessing Absolutely. to families. It's it's insane. This is what is being the the propaganda and the programming of medical staff is a significant piece that is literally happening live and nobody knows about it. That's why we're out speaking about this every chance that we can. So you asked how can people help? Um, we set up uh, a give, send, go. Uh, we, we have a web, couple of different websites, but the website that people can follow to track Grace's story is uh, www.gracesherra.com. And you can put in your name, an email address, and we're sending out regular updates to track the story. And then the website that has my research on it, uh, and also, you know, just hundreds of pictures and videos of Grace is ouramazinggrace.net. So I'd encourage people to, 
to visit that website and share the story. That's how you can help because we're doing this to save lives. And the more people who become awake to what is really happening, the more lives that will be saved. We don't want Grace's death to be in vain. God is is clearly using Grace after her death, and you know, we're humbled to be part of that. Scott, I have uh, so much respect for you and your wife, and uh, uh, please count me in as someone who will help you in any way uh, that uh, I can. Uh, your um, mission, and really Grace's mission, uh, is very godly, and... Uh, I think it is the number one thing that we as a nation need to face, and that is uh, the defense of life, because it is becoming all too cheap, and too many experts are being churned out that uh, remind me of old times that I thought we were never going to forget, but apparently we have. Scott, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Glenn. You bet. Um, Grace Shera is the uh, website. That's Grace, S-C-H-A-R-A, GraceShera.com. If you can, uh, go there, get the address for the Give, Send, Go. Anything that you can uh, donate will be helpful. These guys have a big fight ahead of them in Appleton, Wisconsin. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Uh, we have uh, Angela Morabito uh, on with us. Uh, she is uh, a former U.S. Deputy of Education Press Secretary. She was under one of my favorite uh, Department of Education secretaries of, of all time. Uh, she's also Independent Women's Forum Visiting Fellow and Defense of Freedom Institute spokesperson. Angela, how are you? I'm doing well, Glenn. It's great to be with you. Thank you. So, Angela, you were, um, you were in uh, the Department of Ed while you and Betsy DeVos and President Trump uh, protected uh, women and men from the abuse of Title IX. And now Title IX is just being dismantled. That's right. For 50, almost 51 years, Title IX has stood to protect the rights of all students to receive an education free from discrimination on the basis of sex. The law could not be clearer. And yet we are seeing the Biden administration brazenly trying to weaponize this law. And instead of using it to protect women, they are using it to cut off opportunities from us by pretending that the word sex somehow means gender identity. It is this out of left field progressive word game that sacrifices the rights of women and girls in favor of the far left progressive fringe. Have you seen any studies on where the American people are on this? I, I have to believe they are way out of step with the American people. Anybody who has a daughter knows this is insanity. 
Totally. And I've seen actually quite a few polls and studies on this. And you're exactly right, Glenn. The American people, no matter how they vote, where they live, who they are, they don't want this to happen. You don't have to be a biologist to know what a woman is. You don't have to be a conservative or a Republican to realize that men and women are different. And it's totally unfair to place women at this permanent disadvantage. Oh, it, now, I have to, oh, I'm sorry. No, I, I was just going to say, you'll never, I mean, women will rarely get the top spot in sports. So, I mean, it'd be like, okay, yeah, well, ooh, what a surprise. The guy was number one. I guess I'm number two. I mean, it's just, it's insane. It's insane. Exactly. And I think the Biden administration is well aware of just how unpopular this move is to decimate women's sports. I honestly think that they are expecting the public to not read the fine print, to either not notice or not care. And I know, Glenn, that the folks who listen to your show are going to see right through that. And this is the time to do it because the public has a chance to put a stop to this. Uh, The Defense of Freedom Institute is going to have a portal uh, that's going to allow people to make their voices heard to the federal government during the public comment period. And I know sometimes asking people to comment on the Internet can feel like you're shouting into the void. But this is really, really different because by law, the Department of Education has to address every single comment it receives. So these comments matter. And I fully expect the department to have a tidal wave of people telling them that they don't want this rule. Now, this is really interesting because they're they're putting in the the rule and they they have to, by law, have a uh, public comment period. It's usually 60 days. They cut that in half. You got 30 days to comment on this and then we're shutting it down. They sure did. And they haven't really given a great reason for that. Uh, Glenn, a constant theme with this rule is that the Department of Education is putting the burden on the wrong people. The burden should be on the federal government to prove to us why this rule has any merit, which it doesn't. The burden shouldn't be on us to scramble in half the usual time to tell them why this rule is wrong. And when you look inside the rule, they actually place the burden on schools to say, if you are going to tell a trans athlete they can't compete in anything in line with their gender identity, the school must prove that it is minimizing harm. Now, not minimizing harm to the women who are now forced to compete for second place, not minimizing harm to parents who don't want their girls to change clothes in a locker room next to a biological man. They mean minimizing harm to transgender students. It's just offensive at every level. So you work with the Defense of Freedom Institute, and uh, that's DFIPolicy.org. You have a portal there for, to, to leave comments. What do you want people to say? What should they say? Do you have to make a case for it? Do you just say, I'm really against this? What, what, is, what happens? What do you need? We want to hear from as many diverse voices as possible. This could be anyone from saying, I'm a coach and it's unsafe for me to have female athletes on a field with men. This could be teachers saying, I don't want to put my female students in in this position when they go to gym class. This could be very, very many parents saying, I don't want this for my daughter. Um, I, I don't want anyone to think that this has to be some like huge writing project. Your story is more than enough and we will help you um, get informed about this and, and, and make the case to the federal government that all of us together don't want to see the end of women's sports. Uh, when does this, uh, when's the cutoff date? 
So we'll have 30 days from the publication of the rule, which will be uh, the rule will be published on April 13th. So we will have into early and mid-May to to make our voices heard and to let the federal government know it can't be getting away with this. Okay, and if it does, does it have to go to Congress or is this just another one of those administrative state things where they just change the meaning and go their own way? It is an administrative state thing for Gosh. sure. I think if this right, if this went through Congress, there's no way it would pass because Republican, Democrat, or, or something else entirely, people know their constituents don't want this. So of course, just like with student loans, the Biden administration is going to circumvent Congress, t- try to create law out of thin air. Um, it, it's ridiculous, and I have a, a feeling, a strong feeling that this is just the start of what will become tons of litigation about whether or not this rule is legal. Because the federal government, the Department of Education, has no authority to redefine sex in the law. So um, the states, there's 20 of them. There may be more by the time this goes in. There are at least 20 states that have a a blanket ban. You just, no, is the ban. No, you can't do this. What happens if this goes through? The, those all those laws passed by the individual states have to be told now by the government that they do have to let men and boys into the locker room and on the team. That's right. If this rule gets codified into law in its current form, all of those states that have taken a stand for the rights of women and girls will find their state laws running afoul of federal law. And with Title IX, that's, that's a huge deal because it means the Department of Ed could yank all of their federal education funding away. It's students who would be punished because adults took a stand for their rights. Uh, but but I've, I've spoken with a, some state attorneys general and, and folks in this world who are not going to let this rule happen without a fight. Um, this is this is really only just beginning. And I can tell you, this honestly started on day one of the Biden administration when he signed an executive order in support of transgender people that didn't really care about the rights of anyone else. We knew this was coming, and that's why the Defense of Freedom Institute led a coalition of 28 groups on a letter to Secretary Cardona months ago saying nobody wants this rule that would end women's sports. He didn't listen then, but he's going to have to listen now when there is a tidal wave of public comments and litigation against this rule. Angela, again, thank you for everything that you uh, you have done and are currently doing. Uh, we need uh, people like DFI um, to, to uh, get this thing under control. Thank you for being in the fight. God bless you. It is my honor. Thank you so much, Glenn. You bet. It's dfipolicy.org. You know, every day I feel like I give you several options um, on things that you can get involved in and and help. I try to make sure that when we're putting the show together, I'm not just giving you the problem. I'm also showing you a way where you can serve if you've got to find something that you're passionate about. There's got to be something that you're passionate about. I, I am very passionate about saving those uh, who uh, are not going to have a life worth living. Uh, and that could be a human being of any age. I am passionate about uh, making sure that our doctors first do no harm. 
we are so dangerously close to changing the culture of our of our medicine and our medical officials that you don't really even matter. What are you passionate about? If you are passionate about this uh, in our schools, that your daughter shouldn't have to compete. Did you see the video of the um, of the guy who was just let in for the London ballet? I think it is. I can't remember what the official ballet thing is over in London. Have you seen <laughs> I this? I definitely know the video you're talking about, yes. Yeah, okay. Play it if you happen to be watching the, the plays. Okay. This guy is uh, this guy's in a leotard and he is jumping around and I have to tell you That's one way to describe it, yes. Okay. I mean he's better than I would be. Yes, I, he's I, better I than I would I be. But this is one of the most exclusive uh, uh, ballet troops in the world. And they're putting this guy in there who, quite honestly, if I were the other guy dancing, please don't make me lift him. Please don't. Please don't make me lift him. He's huge. <laughs> He's huge. And, and someone has put together a video, too, of someone, an actual ballerina doing the same exact dance to the same exact music. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's embarrassing. It's I embarrassing. Mean, the, the difference is really, really noticeable. So are you telling me that a girl who has practiced her whole life or a boy going in as a boy, the whole life, they've missed that spot because that guy's in? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here's the side-by-side if you're watching on Blaze TV. I mean, there is grace and beauty. One of the best Mm. things my daughter ever did uh, was take ballet because she just moves differently. She's just very, very graceful. Um, it's a it's a great thing just to be involved in a small level. But if you're going to compete, that's who you're competing against. Really? Is that empowering women? Is that helping women? I mean, they've helped men enough. Thank you. You've destroyed our sons. Now you're going to destroy our girls, too. I will say you did say that in at least most sports, men would dominate. There are some exceptions to this, uh, this at least is, as far as dance is, goes. Yeah, this <laughs> is no, one of them. No. no. No guy is going well, to compete with that, I don't think. Uh, yeah. What was his name? Uh, all I can think of is Brezhnev, but he definitely was not in the ballet. The guy from uh, during the Belitnikov. 80s. He, what's his name? I don't know. Blitnikov, is it? Something like yeah, that, yeah. yeah. I can't remember it. But he was huge, and he was a ballet dancer. Yeah, he was there are great. Guy by na- b- uh, right. ballerina. This guy's not <laughs> ballet dancers. One of them. No. The and and like there's just certain things that I think women do look much better at doing. And ball- well, ballet is one of them. Being I, a, good <laughs> heavens, get that guy a tutu because I don't want to see that thing uh, anymore hanging out anyway yeah mm-hmm. uh, uh but like this is what you're talking about with uh, in in some ways with riley Gaines, right where now that's a that's not a grace is not an issue when it comes to swimming per se that's ju- you're judged on time but here's someone who actually did match the time of a of a biological man right and still did not get first place out of it because they wanted a picture of six foot eight leah thomas Next Correct. to these two women who are, you know, five seven, 
Wait until you hear the interview I did with Riley. She she talks about what happened to her over the weekend, and I asked her about Leah Thomas. Mm. What do you? Has he ever said anything to you? Has yeah. there ever been any grace? You know, I was at curious all. about that. Yeah. yeah, wait until you hear her mm. answer. That's tonight at nine on my Wednesday night special, only on Blaze TV. At nine o'clock, we're going to show you what this is really all about. Tonight, 9 o'clock on Blaze TV. Please become a Blaze TV subscriber. Um, you can do it by going to blazetv.com. Use the promo code STANDUP for 20, uh, 20% off right now. Blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is STANDUP. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.